Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening, whatever time you're listening or wherever you're listening from. Welcome along to a blank canvas. I'm Cameron Rawson, and this is episode 40 with James Hughes. How are you doing? I hope you're feeling good. Uh, I had a weird experience the other day. Uh, I was um, I was a guest on somebody else's podcast. My friend Sean Spooner from Life and Lessons podcast invited me onto his episode, onto his podcast. And we had a chat and I was the interviewee rather than the interviewer. So it was, um, it was a very unique experience for me. And I can now see and understand why some guests or potential guests are, are apprehensive about being on my, pod- my podcast because I was, it's, it's weird. It's a very unorthodox situation being an interviewee. I enjoyed it. I felt like I was chatting a lot of shite, but you know, it was fun. It was fun. So if you want to hear me uh, be interviewed, be an interviewee, uh, check out Sean Spooner's Life in Lessons with me and you can have a great time with that. But before you do that, listen to this episode. In this episode, I chat with owner of Grizzly Sounds, artist manager and musician James Hughes. We speak about his ongoing work with Grizzly Sounds, a platform to help musicians thrive, managing an artist, what makes an artist successful, are artists held back for the right time, leaving a band to pursue other parts of the music industry, sampling older music and much more. It was a really great conversation with James. Grizzly Sounds are doing some brilliant stuff. So check them out on YouTube, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, Grizzly Sounds, brilliant, brilliant place. If you listen on Apple Podcasts, please give us a five-star review and hit that follow button on Spotify. Also, remember next month, April, I'm going to be filming podcasts going forward. So A Blank Canvas will be both audio and visual, an audio-visual podcast for both, a treat for both your ears and your eyes. I'm excited for it. So that's good. This is episode 40. Yes, this is episode 40 with James Hughes. Welcome, Welcome to a blank canvas with Cameron Rawson. Cameron Rawson. So thank you very much for joining me today. Uh, I want to first ask you uh, about what you do and also why you do it. So obviously you have grisly sounds, but yeah, if you could tell me, I'll give you the floor. If you can tell me what it is and why you do it, please. What What do I do? It's uh, It's... It's it's a big question to be honest. I ask myself every day. It's um, yeah. There's a lot to it. I mean, um, I I mean, I can go into like why Grizzly Sounds was set up, where where that all came from, if you want to. Um, that might be a good starting base. I mean, I we we me and me and my friend got together and um, we I set up Grizzly Sounds um, with his help, and um, it was mainly I, I came. It all started from from bands. So I, I, at the start, I was in a a, a band um, called the Half Eight, uh, which you might have heard of. Um, we were a Nottingham band, and um, I came out of performing. And the only it was sort of the only part I didn't like about um, being in a band, which was the performing side. Which uh, uh, you can imagine that that's probably quite a vital part to like in being <laughs> in a band. Um, Definitely, and yeah, so. I, I love in in the band band world. I love the stress of being on being like setting up for gigs, like organising stuff, and all that kind of thing that comes with band. There's a lot of admin and not a lot of playing, to be honest. Um, so yeah, I, I set up Grizzly 
my first thought was like being in a band I want to help musicians so how do I help musicians and try and earn some money in the music industry um so I set up Grizzly we trialed it in 2020 um see whether we could do it we set we set this up during coronavirus literally at the start um the original plan was to actually set up a studio and I thought well, I reckon all the studios are going to start going under because of coronavirus. No one's going to be able to get into them, which unfortunately uh, that's happened to a few studio, a few friends that I know. And um, so I thought, well, let's let's put a studio on wheels. Just quickly, can, so, where... can, I, can I just ask, so in terms of studios and stuff like that, obviously you're uh, the sort of heart of the music industry when it's down to live sessions and recordings, et cetera. Do you think that with the use of things like Zoom and stuff, people are going to be using studios less? Um, I don't know. Like, it's it's hard to say. I mean, I'm still working in studios. Like, obviously, we'll talk about Chloe later, but we're still going into studios and and doing and doing stuff in them. But I think a lot of people have started actually doing songwriting and things over Zoom. I've got uh, a few friends that that are writing via zoom but i think that's always been a thing because obviously people can't afford to like fly out to la all the time and like go and be in a studio where some of the best producers are in the world or um norway there's a lot of good producers and i think a lot of people have always been doing things through zoom it's just become more accessible to smaller musicians now so so yeah I, i mean that's that's sort of where it came from the idea like let's set up studio no that can't happen okay what do we like what do i like doing when i say we it's it's my friend ryan he's been quite a big hand in like the startup of the company um and yeah what what do we like we like live stuff so let's try that so we put we i don't know whether you saw there's a few videos we put out um we just got our friends together and um and basically tried the whole live session thing and it worked. So we were like, right, well, this works. So let's really go for it in 2021. And, um, and now we're putting out like two videos a week. Um, and we're about to up that to like three or four videos a week. Um, so that's where the whole like live session thing came from. Um, me enjoying it, uh, to start with, cause I like live music. I, I like helping musicians out and, and basically, what can we do that's not a recording studio? So, um, so yeah, I, I mean, that's where the whole live aspect comes from it, for sure. I'm, I'm assuming that for the sake of finances, it's, it's easier and, and, and more practical and convenient to hire, hire a studio for, say, a day and get as many, as many artists in as possible as opposed to sort of having it for a long period of time and then getting one, one a day and kind of thing yeah yeah exactly we we put weekends on um we shoot like 12 artists in a weekend say well the last one we we did we shot 12 artists uh we shot 25 30 videos in a weekend and um yeah it's quite hectic but it's easier like you say i all my stuff goes in my uh it's a land rover defender actually it all fits into that um with me and another person in and we can set up in probably about an hour and a half in any location in the entire world. <laughs> and that's um, a pretty good skill to have, to be fair. Yeah, yeah. So uh, uh, you'll probably go on to like plan future plans with Grizzly, but we're looking at doing quite a lot of stuff in Germany and 
luckily we can just put <laughs> it all into a van. Wait, wait, yeah, wait, hold just... on, hold on. What, what, firstly, firstly, why Germany? And second, well, yeah, why Germany to start with? Well, we uh, we've just partnered up with a, a company called Preach Media. Um, they're massively involved with Becca and Jerob, um, who are like the most insane Nottingham artists currently. Uh, Jerob, uh, we had him in for a live session. It was the first one we, re- we released this year, and yeah, I, I just got talking to his his management his management and. Uh, then got talking to like his label and this company called Preach Media. Um, they helped break artists and they were like, well, Grizzly, you're basically working as an A&R scout already. How can we work together? And yeah, we've partnered up. We're going to do a load of cool stuff, which is coming up. But one of those, one of that cool thing, one of the cool stuff is going to be um, doing a lot of live sessions in, in Germany because they work out of Hamburg. So um so yeah, my somehow getting my team over to Germany with all the equipment is a is a bit of a logistical nightmare, but uh, I think we've worked it out. So it's, it's exciting. So let, let's circle back on a few things. So um, you said you were in a band. Uh, what instrument did you play when you when you were in a band? Yes, yeah, so I was a, I was a guitarist and I also sung. Uh, the, the band that there was three of us: Ollie, Ollie, Charlie, and myself. And what we were trying to do is have a band where it, there was three front men. Um, so we were all three, three front men. I think I was the worst singer out of the three of us, uh, <laughs> but I was I was the best guitarist. So, um, so I, yeah, I always wanted to be a guitarist in a band uh, because I could be put more towards the back. But we decided for the band it was best to do that. Um, yeah, that, 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 that's what I did anyway. So you you have, you have like no desire right now to go back to being involved with music yourself because I imagine being around all these musicians, it must does it not sort of like tickle you a bit like oh you know come and do it yourself or are you just completely not interested no i i people ask me people can't get their head around it they they're like you left you left a band which was which we were doing pretty well and i mean part of it came from um part of this whole thing came from in 2019 in september my uh my dad passed away suddenly um, sorry to hear that no yeah and it's okay and it it stemmed from that and my my dad was at the last concert that we played as the heart as the half eight and i was a bit like and really he was such a supportive person of the whole band he he helped us out um with everything so he was at all of our concerts as well as ollie and charlie's mum so it was quite hard for me to go well i don't really enjoy performing anyway um and I don't really want my dad to not see the band succeed. So my only option really is is like is to leave. So I, I left left the band. I, I didn't really I did I didn't particularly want to because I thought we had something good. But at the same time, I did really really want to get into um, this side of things because I think it's where I'm it's where I'm best put, and I, I think it's I think it's it's almost proven. So so yeah, that, I mean that's bit of story about the band the interesting thing at least what i see from an outsider with with grizzly sounds is that it can it could eventually be like a a music conglomerate really you you could you could do everything because firstly the name's brilliant love the name uh love the branding love every love everything everything to do with it it seems like such a an honest wholesome brand and i and i really do I, i love it i honestly love it the content is amazing now do you 
obviously you mentioned about Germany, but away from Germany, do you have plans such as uh, maybe way in the future of like um, tour promotion, uh, putting people with writers, being a record label, all these things that people, and I mean, I'd, I'd love to see myself. <laughs> yeah, uh, they, they're honestly, it's so hard. To, me, um, another person I'll just bring into the podcast quickly, so uh, for context is... Uh, uh, Sam Naherney, who you may know is a photographer and videographer around Nottingham. He's he basically did, he helps me with all the visual side of Grizzly, um, but and he's the reason he's part of the reason him and Ryan why everything looks so slick and so good. Um, it's like my vision and they make it happen. But part what part of the problem that we have as as a three and now four, there's another guy called Rob, um, and as a four, we have so many ideas like things like you said. How do we focus it all? And what like, something you said about the record labels, um, converting into a record label, doing like putting people up with writing and things like that. Um, it's part of the reason for the partnership with um, Preach Media. Uh, they've just opened an, a record label in um, LA. Um, they have a couple That's of other things. That's very handy, I must say. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like I could do all these things, but realistically the thing we need to focus on is the live sessions and we're we're basically an a and r company that we didn't really know we were doing and preach media were like well you're already an a and r scout why not be an a and r scout and we'll pass these artists on to um onto labels and universal music and polydor whoever it might be and actually help artists out in that way as well so there's loads of different things like we've talked about podcasts we've talked about touring with every aspect we're gonna we are trying to fulfill every side of what a musician might be um we're just getting there and it all stems from this live session work i think it's hard so as, <laughs> as somebody who has clearly got a good ear for music and obviously you're surrounded by uh, brilliant musicians all the time what do you think to the state of play with music right now? Where do you think it's at? Do you think it's the best it's been for a while? Do you think it's getting somewhere? Do you think it's going in the wrong, wrong direction? Uh, obviously, it's not nice to criticise other musicians, and I'm not sort of asking you to do that. I'm just sort mm. of saying, I mean, whether, it, whether it's considering artists you've seen and also like artists in the chart right now, music, there's so much music because it's so accessible to make. But yeah, what do you think of the, 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 the state of music right now? I. I think it's I think there's there's a few things which annoy me that artists do um and there's a there's a few there's a few things which I think where music is heading and I think artists what they don't quite realize is that actually what they should be doing is concentrating on what they're good at which is usually songwriting or whether it's singing or something else. And I think a lot of artists at the moment are trying to do too much themselves. Um, so in terms of actually that whole admin side of being a musician and artist, try and find a mate that's going to be good at organizing you to be your manager. Um, and try and find, try and find what you're actually good at and what you actually want to do in the industry. Because like me, being in a being in a band for years and years actually what I was good at is everything but performing so I've now gone into that and and, and with Chloe um, I'm doing everything but the performing and that's important in terms of the admin side of being a musician 
but in terms of music um i i mean where it's heading is is quite difficult to say but i feel like there's so many different genres and people are getting more into this whole electronic side of things and trying to do a lot more quirky cool stuff with their music and and that's cool like i i i grew up on loving the beatles and the eagles and bands like that because of my parents um and i still enjoy bands like that we just recently worked with a band called the sherlocks who they have no backing tracks no production it's literally them as a band performing and i i love that but i also love someone like george gretton who's comes he basically sits down and he produces his track and then he goes right hello band in this um practice how do we play as many of those instruments in the track as possible and there's so much going on with the with the production and i think what george gretton is where is doing is where music is more going towards where someone will sit and produce a track in their bedroom like him and then they go to a practice session and they go how do we perform as much of this live as possible um and obviously with the whole with the whole side of things um everything's a lot more accessible now than it was even five years ago uh certainly when i was in the even when i was starting in a, in bands i have this I, conversation I think, with i have this conversation with a few musicians uh whenever yeah. i speak to musicians or they was involved in the industry now obviously or at least how i look at it is it's a weird juxtaposition because whilst it's very easy and accessible to to produce music and to buy a microphone and to to get software mm. and obviously there's all these platforms in which you can publish your music but at the same time does that oversaturate the industry does that does that create problems for those that are those that are, are truly talented does it make it more difficult for them to be noticed because A&Rs mm. and labels have to troll so, through so much or do you think it's just brilliant that, that there is so much music out there I think I think it's I personally think it's great. I'm always on the lookout for more musicians and people who are doing things. But you're right. There's a lot of people who basically do the same thing. There's there's a hundred people still doing what Ed Sheeran's has done or is doing. I, I mean, I think he's had a baby, hasn't he? So we probably won't hear much from him for a while. Um, but there's a lot of people still doing that. There's a lot of people doing what Dua Lipa's doing, and it's really it's really difficult for musicians, but it's, I think that, I think the musicians, like I said before, with the whole manager side of things, getting a mate to do stuff for you and concentrating on really getting into that zone of writing and whatever it might, might be. You're only like, you're only like one song away from something blowing up. I mean, I don't know what we worked with a band at the weekend called uh, Blondes. I don't know whether you've, um heard of them but uh their song their song got got picked up in the weirdest way possible through tiktok i think it was and they've now got two and a half million streams on spotify and these guys are just young lads they've written a (laughs) they've written a song and it's gone absolutely massive like you're only one post away from that happening to you so why couldn't it be you? And well, do do you think in that case it's a bit of a a lucky draw, then a lucky dip of you know you could have you could be sat on some amazing music. You could have what some people may consider to be you know a chart hit or whatever. But then 
you know, it could just it could just sail away into the sunset on Spotify. So it may never, yeah. it may it may get a hundred streams, and you know, it's like. So, do you think because you mentioned TikTok, which I I find TikTok so fascinating because Crazy. in its in itself it shapes the music we listen to, and also the fact that we, we we're consuming music in such a short period of time. It's like 15, 30 seconds, which mm. I also think. Again, again, it's like it's like with streaming platforms like Spotify and Amazon and whatever. TikTok is becoming this beast, or it is this beast, and just growing bigger. But I also think it has, again, it has its pros and cons to it because obviously it's mm. great that somebody can blow up because of TikTok. But then also, do you think it kind of has a bit of a detrimental effect on people being creative? Are people going to start making music for TikTok in the hope that? It's going to go viral, or people are going to make smaller, sm uh, smaller duration tracks that have got like smaller hooks, so they can put it onto TikTok. I mean, it, it's it's so strange, mm. you know, having these conversations ten years ago when we still had CDs. I think we had <laughs> CDs ten years ago. I, don't, I can't remember actually. I don't um, know. I think so. But but you know the, the way that it's like the whole idea of like New Music Friday. Um, you know, I've seen I've seen I've seen so many people discuss like how. To get to in the top 20 uh, on New Music Friday or even to get on New Music Friday, your label or A&R or PR have got to really fight for it. And it's just incredible yeah. how influential a playlist is now. I know. I, I it's, it's so one thing that is irritating about the whole thing is that as an artist, you can't, you, you can't, I was, I was literally talking to Brandon from uh, the Sherlock's yesterday um, on the phone and we was because we were talking about this whole release of their new concert which we've we've filmed and, and shot and it's so annoying because what would have happened 10 15 years ago is we would have just gone right we've shot it bang it on a dvd and sell it and they would have earned an absolute fortune from it because it would have been 15 20 quid for the dvd and and that's it but now we've got to think of like you're saying with the social media we've got to think how is it going out? We're live stream. We're, we're live streaming it. We're selling tickets, but we've got to create twenty reels. We've got to do a load of things for TikTok. We've got to do it's Instagram crazy, posts, it's stories, and they have to do all these announcements. And it's like it's such. It's to be honest, it's such a mind fuck. Like when when we're when like on we we just started using Notion in my company, which is like a workflow process thing. It's not just shoot the video. It's shoot the video, do Instagram posts, do reels, do blah. The list is literally endless. And Well, do you think it's the, the hardest It's the hardest time ever to break into uh, being a successful musician and also just sort of being out there? It's like you think back 20 years, you make a music video, you put it out, that's it. Yeah. You just let the money pile up. There's no Twitter, Facebook, <laughs> Instagram, fucking Pinterest, none of this shit. You just sort no. of make your music and do your job and that's it. I mean, it's crazy to think that musicians have to be so on it with social media and how, you know, I, I was speaking to a guy called Ali McRae who used to be on BBC Introducing on Radio 1 and is heavily mm -hmm. involved with music now when he was saying how, sorry, we were discussing how Lewis Capaldi's uh, personality and success on social media seriously translated into success in selling music as well. It, it was mm. like 50-50, you know? You, you can have a, a product, a good track, a good album, a good whatever, a good music video, but if you can't sell that through, whether it's personality or 
constant content around it, you're fucked. Yeah, no, exactly. You're exa- exactly right. And that's what you were saying about TikTok. You can have a song that just blows up because of TikTok and someone can create a, a cool dance or it's funny because you can make people are making funny things out of the, the, the track or if it says like a controversial line like the uh, the WAP dance and all of that. And I, I mean, it's, it's, it's difficult because musicians have to be everything now and it's, it's, it's unfortunate. But you still, as a musician, like even that you've got all of this, as long as you, if you do create an absolute banger of a song, it will get heard and it will get noticed. Or if it's got a really emotional feeling behind it, or, or, or anything like that. Like, yes, you can write a song and it can just stay on a hard drive and nothing can happen to it. Or there can be really good songs out there. But often, I still find that really, really, really good songs still do get heard and do get picked up. So there's a lot to it. And but I think, like you say, social media isn't is a bit of a nightmare, but it can play to your strengths as well. So it's hard. It's it's, it's a tough one. (laughs) Do you think the music industry is a bit of a, a bit? I mean, it's probably the answer is probably yes. But do you think the music industry is a bit of a game? Like you've got to play the Mm -hmm. game to get to certain places. You've got to be extra nice to certain people and all this kind of thing. Or do you think that, you know, talent can just shine through? Do you think, I guess what I'm trying to say is that it's, it's always, it's always, I always see like the, the same, um, the same kind of, I don't even know how to break it down, but the same kind of <laughs> artists break through into being successful, which is why it's great when you do see a Lewis Capaldi, because he just doesn't give a shit. He was yeah. just, Lewis Capaldi was just him you know, doing Instagram stories in front of a mirror wearing some bucket hat and some oversized <laughs> clothing and weird shaped glasses. But then you've obviously got the cliche pop stars like Dua Lipa and Marie. Brilliant, brilliant, brilliant musicians. But, mm. you know, they've all got this pop star look. So it's very, it's, that's why I think it was so big for Lewis Capaldi because he didn't have the typical... No, nothing. Yeah, exactly. So do you think it's going to be, continue to be the case where... Uh, I'm finding it difficult on the kind of what, what kind of question I'm asking here. It's just I think I'm just sort of speaking out aloud, aloud and hoping yeah, yeah. you're going to be like, yeah, I agree, I disagree. I I I mean, I I agree. I, I think something that's interesting in, in the stuff you've just said is that when I when I was in the band, you would we we the furthest we got in the band is we we sat in Sony Music. They listened to our song. And it's a really daunting thing, you know, like you're, you're, you're sat, you're the, the, the three of us sat with, um, we're sat on a sofa. There's the guy who introduced us into Sony and, um, another, there's, there's a, there's another guy, uh, like who was basically acting as our manager at the time. Uh, he wasn't our manager, but, um, he was acting when we were in Sony as our manager and there's a guy listening to your music. So we, we were sat there and he would, he would, play through the songs, just skip songs. He'd, he'd be like, that's basically that shit, that shit. Oh, I, I kind of like well, that. Well, hold one. on. So, so is, is this, is, I mean, it's kind of what you see in a TV show or movie. Do they literally just go, it's as simple as that, that shit. Oh, that's good. <laughs> kind of, <laughs> kind of. I mean, I don't think they turned, I don't think they turned around to us and said that's crap or anything, but you could tell he just skipped the song. Right. Um, okay. But where, where I was sort of going with, with the point was that you can get into, into all of that. And it's really hard into the band. And that's the furthest we got. And we didn't hear anything back from Sony. But 
from being on that side of the band stuff, it's really hard because you send anything into um, Sony or Polydor or Universal, you know, like the big people, and you hear nothing. But now being now being on the production side that I do and helping musicians out, in the last year, I've built more contacts within the industry than I have done in five, six years of being in bands. And it's interesting. I can call up so many different labels and create contacts with them or different companies, tell them what I'm doing. They're that interested in the, in the company that I've got at the moment because um, we're quite genuine and we want to help people. But built up so many fascinating contacts that now I can actually help musicians where that's part of the problem with the industry is that it's very closed door and they don't want to hear about anyone unless someone's passed someone on to someone of 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 interest has passed the artists onto them so, so, so sorry to interrupt let me just ask the question here so yeah. you were saying obviously it's quite well it's very closed doors isn't it but mm. do you think only so many people can be successful at any time then because i i feel like there's a there's a um a, a subconscious non-discussed point of right there can only be so many successful musicians for the next six months because it's it's kind of mm. like a cycle you see you see a bunch of pop stars come in and, you know, Radio 1 will push somebody or Spotify will push somebody, Apple Music will push somebody. There'll be somebody pushed in some direction. Like, for example, Maisie Peters, I think, is a pretty yeah. good example. She she had fans six months ago, a year ago, but now she's released a track, which is in the charts, and it's like she's probably been sat on that song for a year, maybe even longer. Uh, yeah. and, it's, it's, and it's like, right, okay, now's her time. So it's like the label are then pushing her. But then I feel like for for her to be successful, somebody else is not going to have as much um, time, effort, or or or, yeah. or, or sort of um, resources pushed on them. So it's, I guess, the question is: Do you think there can only be so many, you know, super successful people at any time? Oh, definitely, I, completely right. Like it depends. It depends who is hot that month, or who is getting hype, or what sort of thing is going on in the industry. There's so many different different things i mean um there's a nottingham artist um called alfie sharp you're probably aware of and um he was signed to island records last year and we've heard nothing um i've been trying to get him in for a session and um it's quite hard with the label that they don't really know what they're doing but i think that they're just holding him back for the right time um right. so it's interesting like Artists can just be held back for years. They can be developed on. Sometimes artists, so say um, Becca, who's a Nottingham artist, I think a lot of uh, labels are, are maybe jumping jumping on her. And I mean, I don't know the deal with her labels, but artists like that, where they've got a lot of hype built around them and they've done it themselves with like maybe a management company, then the labels start jumping on them and saying, right, there's loads of hype around her. Let's let's blower up even bigger and i th i think it depends i really do i think it depends on the person and what what's going on at the time but you're right that i i think only a certain amount of people can get the light shone on them at any one time you mentioned height now that i i can't really think of anybody off the top of my head at this this second but there's obviously in the past there's been musicians who have been hyped up and it's not turned out too pretty for them now mm -hmm. do you think do you think that's just a situation of of having all this great marketing behind you and maybe having a big personality 
but your music not really delivering. I mean, I guess it's that case of, uh, I mean, I, I see, uh, uh, I see luck as being preparation meets opportunity. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you can, you can have these opportunities, but if you're not prepared, you don't have the right music, then you're pretty screwed, aren't you? Yeah, exactly. Uh, you can completely right. I, it's, it's all a weird one. And, and another thing all around that sort of subject is that I think I do genuinely think you've got to be really nice in, in the industry in a way. I know you hear of like, oh, there's loads of sharks and stuff like that. <laughs> I actually, I actually don't think there's that many, like I, no one I've come across anyway. I mean, maybe I've just been lucky, but, uh, in, in terms of my, my, the artist that we're managing, Chloe, she's, everyone wants to work with her and everyone loves her because she's, she's just nice like mm. she's 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 really she's got an incredible voice on her she's really nice and it's it's part of the reason why everyone around the area wants to wants to work with her i mean there's so many songwriters coming to her at the moment saying like yeah i write a song with you and get in the studio with you or when we're doing videos they can't be-. and that's something that a lot of people don't realize that it's quite a big thing in the in in the world generally as a point is just being genuine and just being true rather than just i think if you fake now i mean five ten years ago when that whole like the whole pop scene was was about you could be like a fake pop star and get away with it but you can't do that now i mean i was about to ask that do you think it's easy to recognize nowadays when a musician is being fake whether it's through their lyrics or whether it's through their just their vibe i guess yeah i i think I, I mean, I can, but I, I listen, I look at artists in depth, like when I, when we're picking artists for um, the Grizzly sessions or when someone asks us, I do a load of research into, into the artists. And uh, one of the barriers is that I, I just have to like them and believe that if I push them to a, <laughs> to a label, that they would get somewhere. Because, um, yeah, I, I, it's, it's hard. I, I, I think I can tell, but sometimes I'm wrong. What do you reckon is the ingredients uh, to being successful in the music world? I mean, it's, it's obviously a very tough question because there's no clear answer per se, but what yeah. do you think it takes or what are some of the ingredients for a successful musician? Obviously, you've mentioned being nice and sort of genuine and honest, but do you think, yeah. it's, do you think it's great songwriting? Do you think it's fantastic performer, great personality? I'm kind of answering my own question, I guess, here, but... <laughs> um, <laughs> Yeah, you, you've got. I think you've got to have a few few different things. You've got to. There's got to be something about you. So you've got to be like a normal person, like Lewis Capaldi is, or you've got to be quirky and a bit, maybe a bit weird, like Lady Gaga was. Um, that's like another thing you could be. So there's got to be something. Do you, do you think? Sorry, it's you. a good point you mentioned about that. Do you think that the, the sort of when Lady Gaga was what we know her to be? Do you think that was kind of? A, a a kind of front for her to sort of have this uh, character. Yeah. Lady Gaga's not her, but it's a character. Yeah, I think so. Um, yeah, it, it's because she's like her genuine self now, isn't she? I, I think. I don't like to pay much attention to her. I, I actually went to see her live and she was amazing. Um, <laughs> no way, it was all nice. like It was just all, all one big um, stage show, wasn't it? So, uh, yeah, I think quirky is cool. Uh, I think... Um, I think one of the main things is having an a- absolute bangers of songs, to be honest. Like I mm, definitely it, a musician comes to me one in a grizzly session. If they've not got a song that's good, like what 
what do you want me to like what do you want me to do like <laughs> or, and, and also if, if they can't sing live they're not going to be they're probably not going to be doing a grizzly have, session if, have you ever had to say to somebody i mean or, <laughs> or have you had to like sort of you know is, is it has it been a case yeah. of yeah we're not available today or is it i mean have you ever had to like reject somebody or say politely um you, you can't you can't sing to somebody or <laughs> like is there I, a way of like yeah. i've not been in that position yet really i mean thank, thank the lord yeah I, I i mean it's hard a lot of people a lot of musicians that that come to us um, or that I've met on other shoots because we we do I do audio for um, other companies and I've been on a shoot and they're like oh we watch your grizzly sessions and I'm like all right why don't you get in touch then like oh we didn't realize we we were allowed to and it's just like just, how many what? videos have I put out saying like <laughs> just get in touch with me like just literally just call me or DM me or whatever my phone's my phone's on twenty four seven for musicians it's it's uh, I, I'll offer my help to anyone, um, but but yeah, I, yeah. I, luckily, I haven't had to turn any anyone away yet. I'm sure I will have to. Do you reckon people can get away with not having a great voice because of technology? Like, obviously, you've got the day old auto tune, but yeah. with the state of technology now, I feel like you know, if you're a recording artist, you can potentially get away with um, not having the best of voices, especially when a lot of people. Obviously, pre-pandemic, of course, kind of got away with a background, a background tape when they were playing live. Yeah, definitely. I mean, my a funny story actually. My my sister's best friend, um, she sent a Snapchat to us all, and she was like, "What do you think about my singing?" And it was awful, but she genuinely thought it was good. And I was like, "Becky, I think <laughs> I, I think I can make your mate sound good." Anyway, I put a load of processing on this Snapchat thing. Put the actual batch backing track to it and she sounded amazing she sounded like she was wow. uh she was a she was a pop artist and that was just from a snapchat video and yeah send it back to her and she was like oh wow you've actually made me sound insane um so it's it's possible you can i think you can make anything sound good uh i think i could make my i think my mum's tone deaf i could think i can <laughs> think i could write her a song and make her sound good um what is so uh, another conversation i have with musicians is that i feel like right now a lot of artists tend to sample uh old, older music i mean you've got what I, what I thought was fucking brilliant was when miley cyrus worked with stevie nicks for uh their sort of retake yeah. on um uh edge of 17 edge of 17 and midnight sky i think it's called and yeah. uh, that was that was brilliant but obviously there's a lot of artists now which which sample and i know sampling's been a thing ever since the day dot with music but i don't know i think it's more prominent now than ever especially with like dance tunes and stuff like that yeah there's there's a to be honest there's only so many chords and so many things you can do before you end up getting sued for for copyright <laughs> so why not just use the song already rather than trying to recreate it um yeah i, I think it's cool i i um Marty cyrus is a massive influence of chloe and i've become to absolutely fall in love with her music i think it's great and yeah uh i i think i think it's cool like why not um just go for it sample other things like sexual healing by marvin gay has been used loads hasn't it like in so many songs whether it's jason derulo or it's uh, i don't know who else has used it but that's the first thing that came to my head um so yeah i, th I think i think i think use um use old music definitely 
Let's talk about uh, your your sort of uh, personal business in terms of um, I say business in terms of managing Chloe. Uh, mm. If you want, do you want to, let, let's talk about Chloe. Uh, how did that relationship come to be? Was it through Grizzly initially? Did you see her on YouTube? Yeah, how did that how did that play out? Uh, quite quite cool actually. Um, I I used to be best friends with. Uh, well, close friends. I don't know whether we were best friends. You'd have to ask them that. But I used to be best friends with her, Chloe's boyfriend. Um, and we, she, he literally called me up one day. Uh, we used to go to school together and he called me up like, I think this was in 2019. It was like, James, Chloe really wants to put some um, covers out on her Instagram. Uh, can you help? And I was like, Chloe hadn't done anything in music at this point apart from theatre music. I was like, yeah, sure. So I went around to his house. She started singing. I was like, Jesus Christ, her voice is insane. Like, what? <laughs> what? Like, she she literally just flew through. the. I'm a singer. Always Lisa tried to sing. And I'd be in the studio for like three hours on like a chorus. And Chloe just went through this these covers, um, one after the other, perfect takes, no auto-tuning, nothing. And I was like, right, she's insane at singing. So anyway, I was in the band at this point And... I then said to her, like, why don't we do some writing together? Um, and it took us about a year and a half to get back together again to actually do something. And she was like, James, I really want to be a, I really want to be a pop artist. And I was like, okay, this was just at the time that I've set up Grizzly. And I was like, okay, well, I'll put you in the studio with uh, Nat Webb, who who does a lot of her production. Um, I'll get I'll I'll do a bit of songwriting with you. I'll get you in with for a photo shoot. I've got all of these people because they we work for Grizzly. Um and then it sort of came about that we we ended up becoming really good friends. Nice. And really got on with each other. And I was just like, you know what, Chloe? I'm practically managing you anyway anyway. Should we just make this official and just get a contract and um get things together and get things moving properly? So that it literally came about just through me helping her out and I was basically managing her anyway. She's coming to me for every question under the sun. Um, and I, I was, I was like, you know what? I don't like, don't enjoy the whole performing of bands, but I could do everything else that I want to do via Chloe and really help someone out at the same time. So, um, so yeah, I'm, I'm absolutely loving it. I love, I love, I love managing her. She's, she's great. And all she literally, all she needs to worry about is, getting on her story on Instagram, writing songs and being really good at singing. So uh, happy days, really. I love how the Instagram thing was the first thing there. <laughs> oh, it's something I'm on all the time about and uh, she, needs to, she needs to get better at it if she's listening. <laughs> um, hopefully she'll be on this podcast uh, in, yeah. in the very, very near future as well. Definitely. Uh, James, I really appreciate your time. But before I let you go, uh, I ask a question to every single one of my guests to finish the conversation. And that is, if I gave you a blank canvas, what would you paint on it and why? Oh, gosh. Well, first of all, I'd paint, I'd paint Grizzly, uh, the, the bear. I sent nice. you over a picture of him. Uh, I'd give it a go. I'm, I'm not very good at drawing. I'd, I'd, I'd paint Grizzly. Um, I'd paint some all the musicians I've worked with behind, behind Grizzly. Um, and I'd probably paint a beach. And the reason being is that Grizzly is like the center of my working life at the moment and all the musicians behind it, so much love and support I want to give to them. Um, 
and the beaches basically because I prefer to be in the Maldives doing this or something. So, uh, <laughs> so course. yeah, help to musicians and, um, and, and all of that. So yeah, um, I can't wait to work with more people. It's, um, it's really exciting and can't wait to see what happens with Grizzly. Nice. Well, thank you very much for your time, James. And it goes without saying, I wish you the best of luck and hopefully we'll, you know, we'll cross paths in the near future. Yes, definitely. Definitely. Thank you very much. Thank you for listening to this episode of A Blank Canvas. You can follow us on Instagram at A Blank Canvas Pod, or you can like us on Facebook forward slash A Blank Canvas Pod. If you want to contact us for any reason, it's hello at a blank canvas pod.com or visit our website, a blank canvas pod.com.